You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back. It's Bill Eve, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to get your podcast. My name is John Boccasino. Being joined, as we always are, by Jamie D'Amico here on the podcast. We are going to get you ready for the Week 10 kickoff between those 7-2 and two Buffalo Bills and the 5-3 and three Arizona Cardinals. Buffalo coming off a shellacking of the Seattle Seahawks. 44 to 34 in week nine in a game, Jamie, that felt just as good as you could possibly imagine, given how down we were on the Bills chances. Although I did say if the Bills got in the 30s, they were going to win. I never mentioned 44, however. You absolutely did. And I was a non-believer going into this game. I was, I was negative. I was pessimistic. And then the ball was kicked off. Andre Roberts took it 60 yards, and four plays later, the Bills were in the end zone, and they never looked back. It was such a fun game, wasn't it? You know, there wasn't a lot of defense to be seen, but the scoring, the passing game, that's just fun football, and I'm glad. I'm so happy the Bills came out on the right side of the score. You know, Jamie, that game to me meant more for this Bills squad by far, I know it was great to slay the monkey that was the Patriots and get that win, you know, after losing for nine straight years at home. But to beat a team like Seattle with an MVP frontrunner candidate, Russell Wilson, uh, this game had a lot of attention on it. All the pundits afterwards uh, were swayed back towards Buffalo following that lull of a four game stretch where they won, but didn't really kind of inspire you the way they did during the first four games of the season. And to blow off the doors of the Seahawks, who granted might have the worst defense we've seen this century, but Josh Allen had to come through and he did uh, 415 plus passing yards. He was always in control of that offense. Stefan Diggs again, continue his march towards number one in the league and receptions and receiving yards. And I look, the offense was phenomenal. The run, they didn't run the ball that much. They didn't really have to, but what really impressed me besides Josh Allen returning to his early season MVP form was the fact that the defense did. Yes, they gave up 34 points, but Jordan Poyer picked off Russell Wilson in the end zone uh, when the Seahawks were marching. Uh, someone found AJ Klein from the back of a milk carton. Uh, he had an unbelievable performance with a strip sack and a fumble and probably the best game he's ever had period. Uh, that was the AJ Klein, the bills I'm sure were expecting when they signed him to that lucrative 
free agent deal. And, you know, you can say the Bills defense didn't have a great day in giving up 34 points, but they did have five sacks of Russell Wilson. It seemed like they were getting pressure all game long. They got two big turnovers. And to me, that's the recipe that that team needed to follow to win, score a ton of points and get the turnovers when they needed them to stop the momentum. I mean, you know, they changed up their scheme a bit. And I was happy to see it. The The Bills have had a hard time getting by with what they were doing. And a lot more blitzing was happening. Trey, I'm not Trey, Tremaine Edmonds, they played on the outside a little bit to try to get him away from some of the interior offensive linemen. They let uh, they let Klein sort of play to to his strong suit, which is moving forward, not backward. And I just, I, I really liked what we saw. Now, the Seattle passing game, I thought was going to really eat the Bills up. They played well on the back end, and really, they jumped out ahead so far that the running game of Seattle never became a factor. Even though it looked like you know they probably could have run the ball more successfully on the Bills than they did, but the place where I was the the happiest was their ability to contain Russell Wilson and keep him in the pocket because he is a terror when he's improvising out there. And this is a great precursor to the game that we're seeing right now in Arizona because Kyler Murray, man, can he run with the best of them? And if the bills can do that well against Russell Wilson, I don't see why they can't bring that into the game against the Cardinals too. They're very similar in the threats that Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson present. I will say the bills defense was aggressive, against Russell Wilson. He never got comfortable. The linebackers were consistently getting into the, along with the defensive line, getting after the quarterback, which made Russell Wilson, he needed his mobility to just escape pressure, not to run the ball. I believe he only had five rushing yards total, which I guarantee you Kyler Murray is going to have more because he has at least, you know, he averages six design runs per game, but I think the bills will know. I think the bills have a chance to contain Uh, Kyler Murray. It's not going to be easy. Uh, It's going to be a massive challenge for them. But I do, I do, Jamie, I'd be remiss if, you know, we talk about the cornerbacks and we talk about how they did a good job. I mean, Lockett got his, Metcalf got his, but Buffalo just did a really good job of limiting Seattle as best they could. And even when it got to 27 20 and you're worried about, oh no, the Seahawks are going to go downfield and, and tie the game. There was a massive turnover for Trey White, which led to a game-changing series for Buffalo. Next thing you know, they're up by 21 again, and the game was never in doubt You know, from there. But the, the game on Sunday, Jamie, with the Cardinals, another game that's really important because, again, this is going to test where Buffalo's defense is at and whether they've really rounded the corner or not. Buffalo is going to be down several players, and we're not talking about the injured list of players like Cody Ford. The news came out earlier today that Josh Norman, Buffalo's cornerback, tested positive for coronavirus, and he was placed on the reserve COVID-19 list along with tight end Tyler Croft, fellow cornerback Levi Wallace, and safety Dean Marlowe, who's been Johnny on the spot, uh, helping up from Micah Hyde, who's been battling an injury the last couple of weeks. Jamie, this is huge news for Buffalo. Four, now, only one of these four players actually has tested positive for COVID, that being Josh Norman, but the other three 
Levi, Tyler Croft, and Dean Marlowe were found to have been in close contact with Norman and will be sitting out Sunday's game against the Cardinals. This is bad. This is a bad thing to be missing two corners like Norman and Levi Wallace, along with safety Dean Marlowe, when you're going up against the high-flying, potent Cardinals offense, led by, again, Murray. You got DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzpatrick. There's a ton of weapons for this offense. Jamie, this is a this is a really bad sign for Buffalo heading into the game on Sunday. It's terrible, really, because now the Bills are probably going to be leaning on the rookie, Dane Jackson, to start. And Dane Jackson is a smaller build guy. And Larry Fitzgerald, DeAndre Hopkins, they are big bodied receivers and they're going to make the Bills pay. And when the Bills are lacking depth at a position, any position, just like any other team, you know that the opposition is going to attack that. And with the Bills' general inability to stop the run, I'm not sure if I like what I see because Kyler Murray's the kind of guy who's going to make you pay, whether it be designed runs, run pass options. He He's going to have the ball in his hands and you're going to have to look into the backfield on every play. The play action is going to be coming at the Bills left and right. This is really bad because they not only are they down players, but they're really not going to be able to play any man-to-man coverage at all because who can match up with their receivers one-on-one? Now, Trey White and D-Hop, yeah, that's that's a good matchup. It was it looked really good in the playoffs last year against the Texans. Um, they both got theirs, but geez, this leaves a huge hole. And really, the most unheralded player on the Bills' defense this year, I believe, has been Dean Marlowe. He has been playing the big nickel. He's been playing regular nickel. He's been playing safety. And he was the guy who I was suspecting was going to be on the field. So he and both Jordan, both him and Jordan Poyer could be playing a spy on Kyler Murray. That takes one of their most reliable defensive players off the field. He'll be replaced with Saran Neal, who has not shown that he has as much going on this season as Dean Marlowe. To me, this just added probably, oh, I would say this added 13 to 17 points to the Arizona Cardinals point total on Sunday. That's saying a lot, Jamie, about the impact. Uh, And I look, the Bills are much more likely to miss Levi Wallace and Dean Marlowe than they are Josh Norman. Let's just call a spade a spade. Josh Norman has not. he, He had a decent debut but he's most known this year for getting stiff-armed and trucked by Derrick Henry in the embarrassing loss to the uh, Tennessee Titans, speaking of COVID. I'm with you. Dean Marlowe has really been someone who has impressed quite a lot. You know, when the Bills cut him, they were like, we're going to bring him back on the, the minimum contract. And he's just such an essential part of this defense. And I don't know, Jamie, Micah Hyde truly has a questionable designation Uh, for the game due to the ankle injury that's been plaguing him for the last couple of weeks. I will be surprised if, I mean, look, Hyde probably wants to go. I'm sure he wants to go. This is a tough matchup where the bills could use their talented safety, but he was limited Thursday and he, I'm, I'm sorry, he didn't practice at all on Friday after tweaking the ankle on Thursday. So I don't know. That's not a good sign for your key safety to miss practice on Friday. The last day of practices you know, before the big game coming up 
it's going to be really challenging for Buffalo's uh, secondary to keep up with all the weapons. Dane Jackson, the rookie, the seventh rounder, most likely is going to get the tough task of guarding Larry Fitzgerald in their zone. Now, granted, it's zone zone coverage. So you're right. They're not going to have the Bills can't go man to man. They don't have the personnel and, and they don't have the, the wherewithal to square off against the Cardinals talented receivers. So Dane Jackson is going to need to play the game of his life to really step up and, uh, and, and, and show that he can contain, you know, Larry Fitzgerald and whatever else the Cardinals offense throws their way. Again, Arizona is a uh, coming in firing on all cylinders. They did lose to the dolphins 34 to 31 in their last contest, but the way to draw this up is not to be down two of your top corners and Dean Marlowe. And Oh, by the way, Tyler Croft, who has been the most reliable of the tight end weapons, is also sidelined, which means Dawson Knox, who battled COVID earlier this year, is going to really need to have the game of his season so far to uh, to step up and fill his void as well. The Bills have enough weapons on offense. I'm not as concerned about Croft missing time, but this secondary is really going to get tested early and tested often. And without a healthy Matt Milano out there as well, those run pass options are going to be lethal for Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. Jamie, I don't know. I, I felt, I felt there was a reserve of optimism last week. I felt the bills could take advantage of the Cardinal of the uh, Seahawks defense rather to put up, you know, 30 plus points. If they did that, I thought they could win the game and they went above and beyond getting 44. What, what number do you think the offense has to put up on Sunday? Because as it were before the COVID news, Josh Allen was going to have to outduel Kyler Murray in the desert for the bills to get this win. Think again, 34, 35 points. I don't, I just, I don't know this. It's going to have to be, maybe they need to get to 40 uh, to win on Sunday or force a ton of turnovers, which now Kyler Murray is not the most accurate of quarterbacks. There's games he'll win where he goes nine of 22, 10 of 24, and he is prone to having a rash decision and making an interception, but you're not going to sack Kyler Murray. The pressure nope. that the Bills need to generate is in making him feel harassed and harangued versus getting five sacks like they did against Russell. It's very clear that in order to in order to be cons- successful against Kyler Murray, they need to force him to go backwards when he's in the pocket. The Bills need to contain him and make sure he doesn't escape. That means that whether it be on the designed run plays or on pass plays, the Bills are going to have to be incredibly disciplined in making sure that they that they stay in their lanes at all times. Uh, Kyler Murray running is going to be the first thing that could hurt the Bills. The second thing is Kenyon Drake. He's a good running back. If he starts getting it going, that's going to open up the passing game. And issue number three right now, like I said, Dane Jackson is going to be in the game. I like what I've seen from him. But let's keep in mind, he was a seventh rounder. He's a rookie. He's got a long way to go. And I said he was a smaller bodied player. He's 5'11", 180. So if he's trying to cover people in his zone, including Larry Fitzgerald, who is 6'3", 218, or DeAndre Hopkins, who is 6'1", 214, they're going to outmuscle him. So what if it's, you know, what what if it's a tight end? What if it's a running back? These are all people that have at minimum girth on Dane Jackson. 
And you can bet that the Cardinals are going to be finding where he is on any given play, and they're going they're going at him if he's man to man or into his zone if it's zone coverage, which it most likely is going to be. So, what score do the Bills need? Well, I think this is going to be one of those games that's going to have to turn into a track meet. Now, how how do you turn it into a track meet? Well, you have to control the ball. No turnovers. Run the ball a little bit. But also, <laughs> this may be like last week against the Seahawks. I think the Bills need to put up 35 points in this game in order to pull it out. That would be another fun game, and I'd really like to see it. And is it possible for the Bills to put up those kinds of points? Yeah, it actually is. Because while the Cardinals have really good defensive backs, you uh, you take a look at Buda Baker, the safety who infamously got caught from behind after an interception, which should have been a pick six by DK Metcalf. Uh, but also, look at their cornerbacks. Patrick Peterson, who's been amazing since the time he stepped into the NFL, and Drake Kirkpatrick, who's also an excellent cover man. So where where are the Bills going to where where are they going to strike against against this defense? Well, I think you're gonna have to see Dawson Knox step it up. I think that you're gonna see the receivers coming out of the backfield and Cole Beasley getting open underneath. He's gonna be the guy who moves the chains and it's gonna be it's gonna be a big Cole Beasley game. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We can get we can get Stefan Diggs open. I have no doubt about that, that he's going to get his. But the chain mover is going to be the little guy, Cole Beasley. See, it's interesting, Jamie, that you go with uh, Cole Beasley out of the slot as your kind of X factor for this offense to get going. For me, I'm not disagreeing that Cole can have a huge game if the Bills keep going to him. There's some weeks where I feel like Buffalo has so many weapons that Cole kind of gets lost in the mix. You know, Diggs will get targeted 10 times, 11 times to come up with his eight or nine catches. You know that Buffalo is going to look to Cole, but if they can feed him the rock, sure, I think he can really make a big difference. For me, the wild card that Buffalo needs to turn to on offense, and they did it effectively against the Seahawks, is former Cardinal John Brown. I'm really looking forward to see what he does against his former team. And here's why. John Brown has, from everything I've been reading online, there's a chip on his shoulder still about the lack of uh, interest that he received when he was a free agent, when he came to Buffalo. Uh, There were teams that passed on John Brown thinking he was not a good enough receiver, not someone who could really be a game plan uh, target for the defenses out there. And John Brown put forward a phenomenal year last year with, with the Bills. He's been down a bit this year. He's had the injuries to deal with as well. Um, But he's really coming to his own, both with last week's game against Seattle. And I think this week is going to be a coming out party for John Brown, especially if he gets the matchup with Drake Kirkpatrick. Kirkpatrick, to me, is nowhere near the corner uh, coverage wise that Patrick Peterson is. Patrick Peterson, by far, is their lockdown number one cornerback. I think Drake Kirkpatrick is past his prime a little bit. You know, he's 31 years old. He's nagging. He's got a nagging thigh injury that's caused him to miss some time over the last couple of weeks. And he's really vulnerable in one area that John Brown excels. That's the double moves. I think John Brown's going to have a field day against Drake Kirkpatrick. If they get him the ball, they feed him the football out there constantly. 
I think John Brown's going to get a, a huge game out there, maybe even more receptions than Stefan Diggs will against Patrick Peterson. And if that's the case, that opens up the offense to all sorts of glories because you can get Gabriel Davis floating down the sideline on fly patterns. You can have your Cole Beasley operating out of the slot and being a dangerous uh, chain, uh, moving the chains over the middle of the field. You can have the pass catching abilities of Devin Singletary getting unlocked and Dawson knocks out there of the tight end spot too. It's a lot to process Jamie, but the takeaway again, John Brown is going to go off on Sunday. I like it. I, I think that's a, I think that's a really good X factor um, prediction. And to me, it's going to come down to how well does John Brown get off the line against the corners of the Cardinals who are big guys, you know, Drake or Patrick, he's six two one ninety to John Brown's 5'11", 178. Last year, that was one of the places where John Brown had a tougher time was in uh, press coverage when he was you know, sort of having his, his timing disrupted at the line of scrimmage trying to get off. So is he, is he going to be able to get off of the line of scrimmage? Well, that's something that Brian Dable can scheme up. He can put him in motion. He can run pick plays for him. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. Pick plays are illegal. They don't do that in the NFL. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's, it's definitely a possibility that John Brown is going to be that guy. Now, can the Bills run it? They haven't really shown that they can, but if you can keep the ball out of the hands of any offense, but in particular out of the hands of a dynamic playmaker like Kyler Murray and away from DeAndre Hopkins, who is having just a great season. To me, DeAndre Hopkins for the past three to four years has been the best receiver in the NFL, hands down. In in fact, I, I would say it's close, but he has been my favorite out there. Now, What's going to happen with Dawson Knox being down Tyler Croft, who's been the only player really producing from the tight end position this season. Is he finally going to be able to step it up? Is he healthy enough to step it up? Is Reggie Gillum going to get more snaps? That could also be an interesting position to look out for on, on Sunday. We may see the tight end position get more targets than normal. And in particular, because the Cardinals don't have a very good pass rush. That is one area that that team is sorely lacking this season, even though they just traded for Marcus Golden, who's a good pass rusher. They can key on him. If they don't need to keep a tight end into block, that's going to allow them to get more weapons out into pass patterns. And we could see, we could see Dawson Knox finally get it right in 2020. And that would be nice to see. Boy, it certainly would. It would be a really good factor for Buffalo and Josh Allen moving forward again to get this win over the Cardinals on Sunday. Jamie, I know we're bouncing around a bit here, and that's because for our listeners, we're trying to cram a lot into a smaller window to get this podcast posted in a timely fashion after accommodating the Josh Norman COVID news. Um, But I want to go back to Kyler Murray again and this Cardinals offense. Oh, and by the way, to give some fans some updates out there to real time, it appears that Jordan Phillips will not be playing. He has been ruled out with a hamstring injury, which is a win for Buffalo, uh, not having to go against their former talented pass rusher at the defensive end spot. Uh, Also out, or um, I'm sorry, questionable, a couple of key players 
for the Cardinals. Kenyon Drake, who you mentioned, is a really good running back, but he is questionable with an ankle injury. And Buda Baker is questionable with a groin injury. Now, he was a limited participant Friday in practice. If Baker is not out there, the talented freak of nature safety for the Cardinals, that opens up things even more. But as it stands now, Jamie, I still do think that Buffalo's wide receivers, as much as the task is going to be tough, they have winnable matchups against their counterparts in the secondary for the Cardinals. I wish I could say the same for the Buffalo defensive line against Kyler Murray. This matchup has given me nightmares all week trying to think about how to summarize it. And, okay, look, let's give credit where credit's due. Jerry Hughes did a great job on Sunday uh, against the Seahawks of not over-pursuing for the most part, of not being over-aggressive. And when we say over-aggressive, the Bills are going to be aggressive against the Cardinals against Kyler Murray. They need to be aggressive, but aggressive and then the individual players being aggressive are two different things. Buffalo needs to be bringing the pressure, needs to be getting after Kyler Murray to make him feel uncomfortable, but the individuals like Jerry Hughes cannot over pursue when it comes to tracking down Kyler Murray or going after the quarterback when they're making their pressure because Kyler Murray will make you look foolish in open space. He's had so many runs on these RPOs where the guy thinks he has a chance on him, takes a bad angle and Kyler's gone for a touchdown to me, Jamie, that's the X factor for the defense is how well can this defensive line play in containing and getting Kyler Murray in place and not being a dangerous runner. He currently, I want to read a stat for you here. So Arizona uses a spread formation at least 70% of the time with their snaps which means Murray is not seeing, he's seeing a lot of what they call light boxes from the defense and Kenyon Drake or a guy named, uh, uh, there's another running back named Ballage who had a pretty good game for them last week against the Dolphins. Um, it's an extra blocker that almost guarantees that Arizona is going to get a hat on a hat, meaning all Murray has to do is squirt through the hole and he's going to have more of an opportunity to run the daylight, whether it's on these design runs, uh, the shotgun runs out the middle, Kyler Murray, whatever the recipe has been, he has been effective. He's eighth in the NFL as a quarterback. He's eighth in the NFL in rushing yards with 543 this year. He's averaging 7.1 yards per carry, and he has 12 rushes of 15 yards or more. So, Jamie, you might only get one crack at Kyler Murray. The Bills had better take good angles of pursuit and wrap this cat up. Otherwise, he's going to run wild. And those runs of 15 yards or more, he's that's the second most in the NFL. Unbelievable. It sort of reminds you of back in the day when Mike Vick was, you know, sort of in his prime of running the football when it made everybody look like they were playing in slow motion. That's what Kyler Murray looks like. You know, it doesn't even look like he's trying and he's getting around the edge. He's beating players that seem to have an angle on him. So one of the things that it does when you spread out the defense by having, you know, three wide, four wide empty backfields is it takes away the number of people you can drop into coverage and it pulls players out of the box. And that includes players that you might be able to use as a spy on Kyler Murray. And that's really going to be one of the keys to keeping him in check is to probably have a quicker player 
who's going to be able to go with Kyler Murray wherever he is. Now, Tremaine Edmonds, he may be earning his paycheck if they ask him to do that. I would suspect that you're going to see more Jordan Poyer coming down into the box and sort of you know, shadowing Murray, if you will. But that's going to take Poyer out of coverage, which is you know the way the safeties on the Bills' defense operate is one of the great advantages they have over opposing offenses because the lack of pass rush has led to the secondary being susceptible and vice versa. But man, he he scares the heck out of me. And it's unusual that one player gets this much focus from us, but it's justifiable because this guy, 16 touchdowns versus seven interceptions. Okay, he forces the ball. So like you said, Keep him in the pocket. He's going to hurt you less with his arm than he is from his than he is with his feet at this point in his career. But at the same time, you can't let him stand in the pocket all day because he he's a professional quarterback with good receivers. He will pick the team apart if they're not well covered. Oh, it's a scary proposition, isn't it? <laughs> You know, it re- again, it's a really it's a terrifying scenario for for Bills fans. But I want to give you a proposition that I think the Bills they showed some of this look last week, and I actually think it was one of the key moves that Leslie Frazier has done all year with this defense. Buffalo fully believes in Tremaine Edmonds being their middle linebacker of the future, but and I say but with a big caveat here, there were some plays against Russell Wilson where they shaded him to outside linebacker, allowing A.J. Klein to go to more of his natural position, middle linebacker, which you saw the results of how well he played last week against Seattle. I think Buffalo could turn to this a little bit on Sunday. Not every snap, clearly, but if they sprinkle in some different looks, Tremaine Edmonds working on the outside linebacker spot lets him see the field better, lets him get a clearer sense of what's developing in front of him, and he can either roam the field, taking advantage of his great speed sideline to sideline, or he could serve as that spy on the outside against Kyler Murray on those zone read runs that he likes to do so often. I would expect a lot of changes from the Bills defense where Edmonds can both be middle linebacker and the outside linebacker to have some effectiveness at trying to clamp down on Kyler Murray on Sunday. Cliff Kingsbury is the head coach of Arizona and he creates a very, oh gosh, creative offense, we'll call it. He's creative. He comes from the air raid background and I think he's going to see what the Bills did last week and be prepared for it. But that said, since the beginning, I have wondered if the best position for Tremaine Edmonds is out, outside linebacker. He seems to have the length for it and the coverage ability. Also, I think his athleticism probably lends him to being a pretty good pass rusher as well. Now, he's played middle linebacker, and until this year, he's been a very good middle linebacker. So I think moving him around is going to be an advantage for the Bills because when you take your athletes and you put them in different positions, especially positions that the other team hasn't prepared for, you're putting yourself at an advantage. Now, do I want AJ Klein being my middle linebacker that has to go sideline to sideline on every play? The answer is no, because despite the fact that he had a good game last week, the guy still misses a lot of tackles and he's always a step or two behind in coverage, which is not what you want to see. Now, can I get creative? Yes. Will that work? I hope so. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I, I like it. And again, yeah, the Bills have shown that they're willing to sacrifice speed up the middle with their linebackers. And if they don't have a problem with AJ Klein, again, being the mic, I'm okay with giving some snaps to Tremaine on the outside as an outside linebacker. Uh, instead of being in the middle calling the play, you did see AJ Klein's effectiveness out of the blitz last week. Although I really don't think they're going to turn to him <laughs> to be the blitzer trying to get after and tackle Kyler Murray. When again, like you said, his tackling has kind of been a uh, a weakness, to put it politely. Um, so all that to be said, Jamie, there's a lot we've kind of breaking down in kind of a short period of time. This is going to be again. I get the sense that we're both calling for a shootout, a lot of points on Sunday. With the news again that Norman and Wallace and Croft and Marlowe are no longer uh, going to be playing in this matchup, and given the fact that Buffalo is going to have a tall task in front of them, slowing down Kyler Murray, what is your thought, Jamie? Do you have the Bills winning this game, or are they going to fall to seven and three heading into the bye? <sighs> My gut tells me that the Bills are not going to pull this one off, and I know I've been a pessimist the past few weeks. My gut tells me that they're not going to pull it off. But my heart is telling me that they are. Um, if they lose this game, it's not going to be catastrophic. This is an NFC team. It's not going to hurt them that bad when it comes to tiebreakers. But I think the Bills are going to pull this one out. I think they're going to win something like 38 to 34. I like it. The scoreboard operator being kept busy uh, in the desert Sunday at <laughs> Sunday at four Oh five. These two teams meet up in a week 10 matchup on CBS. I have been torn Jamie all show what I'm going to say for this as to who's going to win the game on Sunday before the COVID news. I was definitely going to say Buffalo is going to win the game by like seven or eight points <laughs> after the COVID news. I don't know. I just feel like it's a lot for Buffalo to make up. Now, if Micah Hyde plays, I like Buffalo's chances, but Buffalo has to be cognizant of the fact that their buy is coming up next week. So are we going to see Mitch Morse rush back to action? Are we going to see Micah Hyde rush back to action, knowing that the buy is coming up next week? I think the bills want to win every game on their schedule. In fact, I know they do, and they're not going to just look ahead to their buy. They want to make a statement and this game is certainly a chance to make a statement against an up-and-coming quarterback like Kyler Murray. But this is a fan podcast, and I am a fan first and foremost. I say Buffalo picks up the win. We'll go 37-31. Thrilling contest out there. Buffalo probably trails for a bit uh, as they get adjusted to their new schemes of not having Norman and Wallace in the secondary along with Dean Marlowe. But again, I really like the wide receiver matchups. I think Josh Allen takes another step forward. Hopefully the bills don't forget the run and they can win a track meet out in the desert. So Jamie and I both are going, maybe we shouldn't be, but we're saying the bills are going to get this win to go to eight and two on the year. Jamie, I hope we're both proven uh, to be profits on Sunday. That would be nice. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be very telling who the bills have active and inactive. If the Bills have Micah Hyde and Mitch Morse inactive for this game, it's almost like it's almost as if they're punting and saying we are more concerned about having our team healthy for the stretch run against the AFC teams and getting ready for the playoffs. And we don't think this game is that important. That would be that would be an interesting tell. I guess we'll see at game time. Yeah, no, it would. I think. I think there's a lot that we can tell. Yeah, you're right from the game day inactives. I think this is an opportunity too 
to show there's some guys who can really step up with the opportunity. And I'm looking at you, Darren Lee, and I'm looking at you, Daryl Worley, guys who are former high draft picks who have not lived up to their expectations. The Bills have called those guys up from their practice squad to, again, replace some of the injuries and the COVID news, again, that struck Buffalo earlier on this afternoon. But as you all know, for Bill Leave, you can come back to our podcast week in and week out. We'll get you ready for the game. We'll give you what real Bills fans are thinking and feeling about this team heading into their matchup. And, you know, I, I would like to see Buffalo go out there and get a huge win before the bye. It'd be nice to uh, continue this rampage through the NFC West. You can always come back to Billy for our thoughts on how the Bills are going to fare. Jamie D'Amico, my fine colleague, brought it today with his insights, and I appreciate him coming on as always. And, of course, you can get involved with our podcast on social media. Jamie is found on Twitter at the Jamie D'Amico, and I am at John Boccasino. This is us signing off here on Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. 